All right, everyone, we're back for a Mavs Outsider podcast. This is your host, Dustin, speaking. I want to do a post-game pod on the win last night versus the Golden State Warriors. Um, it was a desperately needed win and a good win. The uh, They got a lot of contributions. Um, so let's get right into that game. Looking at the standings to begin with, there are six guys who scored in double figures. Now, the co- uh, Carlisle played a very short rotation. He six guys scored in double figures, but nine games, nine guys only played with Burke playing only five minutes. Dwight Powell was uh, second, had the second fewer fewest minutes at sixteen, and I don't know what the Reasoning for kind of leaving out Colley Stein in a game like this. I, I thought he could have impacted it, but uh, they won, so that's all important. That's what's important. And I, I will say Dwight Powell did play a good game. You know, he only had eight points, and he he did have five rebounds, but uh, you know, he, he's not going to get any blocked shots. Um, you know, he's not really going to protect the rim. I thought the Mavericks did a much better job at keeping Golden State out of the out of the paint in this particular game. I, I felt like I felt like in the first game against Golden State, their whole goal was to keep them from not beating them with the three point shot, and it just opened up the paint, and Dallas just had no way to protect it. But this game, I guess they decided to go back to. A defense where if they just hit their threes, they hit their threes because they didn't have as many paint, uh, I, I guess, plays inside the paint as they did, uh, I guess, points inside the paint as they did last game. I, I actually don't have the numbers in front of me, but I just know by watching there was no way they had as many. Um, one of the biggest reasons Golden State was in this game was Steph Curry you know, hitting 11 threes, that, that'll really make a difference. You know, I, I read somebody made a comment on Twitter. I, I don't really know who it was. I, I it, It's somebody who covers the Mavs, but, you know, they made the comment that I would rather Dallas lose to Golden State and Curry score 57 as opposed to Dallas lose to Golden State and Oubre score 40. You know, Oubre only had 14 points this game. He, he was not a factor. And so... It was. It is true. You would rather be beat by Steph than you would by Oubre, and and that is one of the more frustrating things that happened in that first Golden State game. So the defense, even though they did give up 132, was much better. You know, it was better than the 146 or so they scored last game. Um, Luca had an incredible game. He hit 58% of his threes, which he really needed a game like that. You know, his his three-point percentage is still down, but it, it is slowly creeping up. You know, when when it is when it was as low as it was, uh, it, it's very difficult for it to go any other way except up. But, you know, he, he did have 11 assists, but he only had seven rebounds. Um, Brunson, surprisingly, had eight rebounds, which he's usually not a guy who gets a bunch of rebounds. But... Brunson was very good in this game as well. He was very consistent. 
you know, one of the Jeff Van Gundy on the broadcast did make a comment about Brunson being a starting guard in this league. I, I, I don't know. You know, maybe he is. Uh, I don't know. I, I do like that he is playing as well as he is. I, I thought he struggled last year at times. And in the very start of the season, I thought he struggled to try and do too much. But I feel like he's getting more of the feel of the game now in his third year, I guess it is. And, you know, what's funny is looking at the box score, there's only two guys with negatives in the plus minus, and one was Tim and the other's Jalen. Yeah, Jalen Brunson. You know, the Tim Hardaway, he, at the beginning, struggled so bad. I noticed after his first quarter struggles, he didn't get much playing time in the first half. The second half, I think, is where he got more of his playing time. He did contribute a lot on defense. You know, he came up with two steals, and he did defend well. Probably one of his better defending games. I, I think, you know, you've got to see. I think when, when you see other guys buying in, at some point, you've got to, you've got to defend. And even, you know, Luka, he, he tries to defend you know obviously he's not the greatest defender in the world but he works at it and a guy like Tim Hardaway needs to work at it if especially games like you know last night you know where he's two for nine from threes now he did hit a couple that were big but two for nine is not a good uh percentage it's 22 percent and he also missed a lot of layups you know, he took it to the rim. I'll give him credit on that, but he missed them a lot. Luca actually hit a, missed a couple layups as well, which was, you like to see him go to the rim, but to not complete the play is very disappointing. Porzingis scored 18, and he got 10 rebounds. Um, he was 0 for 3 on his three-pointers, but he, he only took three. I, I guess... I guess maybe somebody heard what Chris Webber said about Dallas not being a good three-point shooting team and the fact that you've got guys who can play in the post and, it, you know, the post play isn't a bad play. I know the, the argue, there was the big argument last year when Chuck and Shaq made the comment about playing in the post. I know that the three-point shot is a big deal. I know that's the way the league is gone, but I think we overrate the value of the three-point shot, and we kind of underrate the value of the post play. When you're struggling to shoot your three-point shot, you've got to come up with different ways to score, and not every team is a great three-point shooting team, and obviously this year Dallas isn't, and you can see that. So you do have to come up with other ways to score. And I liked seeing Porzingis in the post. And, you know, not to get off topic, but I, I think that's one of Milwaukee's biggest problems is Giannis is too much of a perimeter player. And I think Giannis needs to spend more time in the post. And I, I think that's what Porzingis needs. The fact that – I think the fact that he can hit a three should be the bonus. It, it's kind of like – the the Orlando center, Vujicic, or whatever, however you say his name. I probably butchered it. But 
he posts up a lot, and he's really good at it. And if he needs to, and he's open on the three-point line, he can hit that three-pointer. But that that isn't his game. That's not his offense. And I would like to see Porzingis move more into that type of play. I think he's got the ability to do it. I think he's good enough to do it. I I just don't think he does it enough. I, I This is going to sound funny, but it's almost as if he, he really should go back and watch guys, films of guys like Dirk and even like Kevin Durant. You know, Kevin Durant is long and linky like Porzingis. You know, go watch some of Kevin Durant's film and look at how he operates in the post. And obviously you, you can't, he's not going to be able to mimic Durant's ball handling and stuff like that. You know, Porzingis has been working on his ball handling, but Durant's a better ball handler and a better shooter. But go look at Durant when he gets in the post, and I, I think that really helps his overall game at, when he gets in the post and he does those post plays. And go look at some film of Dirk. You know, Dirk really became a complete player when he got in the post, and you know, the year they won the title, Dirk shot fewer threes than he ever had in his career. And it, I, I think there was a, you know, I think that was one of the reasons they were so successful is because they had guys that could shoot in Jason Terry and Jason Kidd. You know, Jason Kidd was a fantastic three-point shooter at the end of his career. And even Marion could hit a couple. But and Deshaun Stevenson, you know, they had those guys out there that could hit the three-point shot. But Dirk spent a lot of time in the post. And I know the game's played a little differently. And I think, I, I kind of think it's kind of going back to the way it was played in the latter part of the um, 2000s and the early part of the 2010s. Because I think the biggest reason people went to this whole three-point shooting extravaganza was because the Golden State Warriors. And I think people are starting to discover that not every team has Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. And not every team can hit three-pointers like those two guys can. And at some point, you've got to kind of go back to the basics, stuff that helps you score points. Because at the end of the day, you've got to score points. And if you go, if you're shooting 30% from three or less, you know, you're not going to score a lot of points because you're just, that's making 10 out of every 30 shots. You know, that's 30 points. Mavs took 47 threes. You know, they made 21. They shot at 44%. That's really good. But they haven't been shooting like that all year. And at some point, you've got to figure out other ways to score the basketball. You know, two points is better than zero. I get that three points is even better than two. But at some point, if you're not a good three-point shooting team, you've got to come up with other ways to score the basketball. And I like that Kristaps did that. He he did more post plays. And I, I'd like to see him continue to do that. Um, Maxi had a fantastic basketball game. Obviously, Maxi was one of the ones that got sick. And we do know that, and we have seen it with other athletes in other sports, you know, like in football. Guys who end up getting the COVID and getting sick, sometimes 
you know, or not sometimes. They it really it's like obviously having the flu. You know, you're going to you're gonna lose weight and you're gonna lose endurance and you're gonna lose strength. And Maxie, you could tell in his first game back wasn't the same as he was, say, last night. And Maxie's really starting to build up that strength back to where he was prior to testing positive. And I thought Maxie was fantastic last night. Between his offense and his defense, he had eight rebounds. He had four assists. He had three offensive rebounds. He scored 16 points. And he, I thought he was just fantastic. He hit another big shot to basically win the game. And... You know, you, you need those guys, and you can see him shooting it with confidence, just like he did earlier in the year when he shot that, you know, game winner. Because the Mavs know that when it comes down to the end of the game, Luka's going to have the ball in his hands, and they're going to double, and they're going to make another guy win the game. They're going to make another guy beat them. And you saw it last night where Mavs are up by one point, and Luka has the ball. And he starts moving towards the three-point line when the double team comes. And he passes it to Maxi, and Maxi shoots it with confidence, and he hits it just like he did, you know, earlier in the year to win the game. And as long as guys are going to double off of him and make him win, you know, he's going to get these shots. And I'm okay with Maxi shooting him. I, you know, Maxi is the one guy on this team, funny enough, that when he gets the ball on the three-point line, I want him to shoot it. He's shooting it at a very high percentage. And he's, you know, when I watch other teams play, I'm, you know, I'm looking at the other roster and I'm like, okay, this team has exploits. Steph Curry. You don't want to double off Steph Curry. You know, like when we're playing Phoenix, you know, they have that Cam Johnson or whatever. He, he has one job, and his job is to hit threes. And seeing guys double off of Cam to come over and guard like Booker, it's like, what are you doing? That's what they want. That's the play they're drawing up. Because they want that open shot for him because 50% of the time he's going to hit it. And you just don't want to double off that guy. And I like that Maxie's becoming that player. You know, he's, his three-point shooting this year has been fantastic. And I like that he's becoming that player. Because Dallas really needs one. You know, they don't really have a lot of great, consistent shooters right now. You know, Dorian Finney-Smith started strong, and then, you know, the COVID happened. And so he's kind of got to work his way back. And he is, you know, shooting better. But he's still not shooting the way he was, I feel, before, you know, his absence. So, Trey Burke came in, played five minutes. He actually did contribute. You know, he hit a three. He took a couple two-pointers. And I, you know, for whatever reason, he's fallen out of the lineup. I, um, in all honesty, if if I were in charge of the lineup, I'd, I'd play somebody like Josh Green over Trey Burke. Um, I, I'm not sure when some of these guys are going to get playing time. I, you know, I see James Johnson had an injury or illness, so... That's the reason he didn't play, but the other guys, you know, Kali Stein, Awandu, and Boban, they were coaches' decisions. So I'm not sure what's happened to Green. I guess he's, I, I feel like 
the way Carlisle's coaching right now is he's playing to like a playoff game every day because the Mavs have to win. I mean, they have to win at this point. Um, Richardson uh, had a fantastic game, four for six on his threes. When he was shooting the ball last night, I felt like they were all going in. Um, and obviously, he continues to play hard on defense. He had 17. But overall, you know, you like what you saw. Obviously, they gave up 132, which isn't exactly exciting. But they, you know, that that's what happens when a guy like Steph gets hot. And I'm not making an excuse because they they've been giving up a lot of points lately. And they've got to sure up their defense. And I'm not 100% sure why Kali Stein has kind of made the doghouse, but he has. Um, and I and stuff like that bugs me because I, I think Kali Stein can really help you in defending the paint. And that, you know, especially the, the game prior to last night where Gold State just lived in the paint. And you've got Kali Stein sitting on the bench over there. And it's like, you know, that's kind of the one thing he is good at. And the fact that he's just sitting over there not playing is very frustrating. But, you know, that's that's how Carlisle operates for whatever reason. Um, I know some people hate it. Some people don't mind it. Some people have the attitude of, well, he's the coach. He, he won a title. He knows what he's doing. I don't know. I think... I think coaches can go on, can have bad uh, periods of time, like, you know, like slumps, like in baseball, you know, you can, you go in a slump where, you know, you're a 350 hitter, but you'll have three games where you basically go over, you know, and I, I think coaches can have that too. And I, for whatever reason, I, I just don't think Dallas's defensive coach is doing a good job right now. I don't think they'll make any change on the coaching staff. I think the offensive coach, I don't know if they're just blaming on blaming their poor offense on poor shooting. But obviously last year they were hitting a lot of threes. This year they're not hitting them like they were. So they're probably looking at that stat and saying, you know, that's why we're not playing as well. So, you know, I... Obviously, Silas, I've said it before, I thought he was fantastic on this coaching staff. Um, that's why he got the job. The defensive guy, I, I don't think he's great. You know, I think he had some interviews in the offseason, but he, he didn't get hired. And I just, you know, he it's one of those things where it's like, the Mavs are real high on him. And it's like, and when you're, when... When somebody's real high on an assistant, you'd think other teams would want them as a head coach. But when you look at the Mavs' defense, it's just not good. And you're like, well, why are you high on a coach that just whatever defensive strategy they're putting up there is just not good? You know, because I do think Dallas has really good individual defenders on their team. And they've got a lot of them now. You know, that was one of the things they did to improve over the offseason. You know, I think Richardson defensively is an upgrade over Steph. You know, I think James Johnson defensively is an upgrade over Justin Jackson. And obviously you're getting more from Luka now. 
you know, and now Dorian Finney-Smith isn't trying to guard all the best players. He has Richardson there to help. And Maxie continues to be a fantastic player. And so I just I don't think their defense should be as bad as, bad as it is. I, I think the defensive scheme they're putting out there isn't good. And I it would just, it would, you know, I don't think they're planning on making any changes. So, I mean, this is kind of what we got. Now, the next game is Minnesota. Um, Minnesota's not a good team. Um, I think last night they played as well. Um, I want to say that they did lose. I thought they won. Maybe that was the night before. But uh, the the Carl Anthony Towns, he is not playing right now. He has been out on injury. So I think, I want to say last time we played Minnesota, they did not have Towns either. So this is uh this is a game that the Mavericks should win. Um to me there's really no excuse for them to lose this next game. The Minnesota does have some wings that I in the preseason I remember gave them a lot of fits. I'm hoping they give a better performance than they did in the preseason. You know, you can say what you want about preseason, but I just felt like Dallas struggled with Minnesota in the preseason game. And I know it was preseason, and people don't take that seriously. But when you see a team look like they're struggling against another opponent, I think you can be you can take that serious. So, But it, Minnesota does have the worst record in the Western Conference. Unfortunately, Dallas is 14th. And, uh, you know, if they can get a win – Automatic already, they're tied with Houston and wins um, with eleven. Dallas has so many losses. That's where that you know they've got a lot because um, like Phoenix is sitting at four at twelve wins, and Dallas has ten. Um, Dallas has somehow played a lot more games, and they've got fourteen losses. So. You know, Dallas is sitting eight and a half games out of first place, which at the end of the day, eight and a half games out of first isn't, like, terrible. Obviously, Dallas isn't getting to first place. However, when you look at where sixth place is, Dallas is only three games behind sixth place. And three games isn't very many at all. Now, I'm not saying they're going to get there, but what I am saying is they're not as far back as they've been playing. You know, they've been playing such bad basketball that you would think they were completely out of it. Now, I don't know if they can make up this big gap in between. Not big, but this three-game gap in between them and Denver. I, I just don't know if they can get there with this current roster. Because you have too many games like they've had you know, prior to, you know, they've won two of the last three, which is good, is what they need to do. They need a, a streak of, you know, winning 10 out of 13. You know, that, that's just what they have to do. And that it has to start now, you know. And I just, I don't know if this roster has that. I, I just feel like a change needs to be made. And 
I, I just don't know if a change will be made. I kind of feel like Dallas is ready to just stand pat, keep the powder dry, and just go with what they got. And I, obviously I'm not a big fan of that. So, to uh, which leads me to my next little segment. I think one thing I'm going to do is go over kind of where we are right now in the NBA, um, mostly the Western Conference, and talk about a little bit of other teams, talk about maybe what players might be available for these other teams, and by available I mean Dallas may have a chance to get. So I'll start in the East real quickly. I won't spend too much time on the East. Because, you know, teams like Philadelphia, Milwaukee, Boston, Brooklyn, Indiana, their teams are, are what they are. I think if those teams do anything, they're bringing players in. Nobody's going out. You know, New York just traded for Derrick Rose, who I thought was a guy who was available, and it turns out he was. And he, you know, went to New York. So... He's pretty much off the board now. And you know what? That's a, that's a good get for New York because New York actually has a chance to make the playoffs this year, believe it or not. And Derrick Rose really helps solidify some scoring. And right now they're in the seventh spot. And, you know, to pick up a guy like, you know, obviously Rose isn't the same player he used to be, but, you know, he's still a good scorer. So to get a player like Rose right now can really help New York. You know, they're right there. They're half a game behind Atlanta for that sixth spot. And Atlanta's sitting one game under five hundred um, at the number six. Now, I don't know if Atlanta's wanting to bring anybody in. Um, I, I'm wondering if they – I mean, the only thing I guess they, they could do is give someone draft picks – for available players. I, I haven't watched Atlanta enough to know what they really want or need. I actually think Atlanta's should stand pat. I, I actually think they have a good team. Atlanta's biggest uh, problem to me is youth and inexperience. So if anything, you, you want to bring in a veteran. I, I think Collins and Capella in the front court make a really good front court. I just don't think you should mess with that. I I did hear earlier, I guess, in the year, Collins made a comment about playing with Trey Young, and then some people felt that Collins was going to be on the trading block. I, I don't know if that's true or not. I do know that Collins would fit very well on this Mavs team, you know, because you could, you could easily, you know, put him at the power forward spot and kind of start him at power forward and play Maxi off the bench. And not that I'm trying to bench Maxi because I think he's great, but I think if Maxi comes off the bench, you can play him more minutes. Or not necessarily more minutes, but you can manage his minutes a little better. And you want Maxi out there at the end of the game. Um, and you want him to be available at the end of the games. So you can start a guy like Collins. And in all honesty, if you really wanted to, you could play, you know, 
in certain games, you could play a lineup of Maxi Collins and Porzingis because I think Maxi can cover that three position with no problem. I, I you know, so you could do some crazy lineups if you had John Collins. Now I, I don't know if you know. I think since John Collins made those remarks, I, I think they were kind of on a slump, and I think they've done better lately. You know they are five and five in their last ten, so obviously I guess somebody might have to blow them away with an offer if they are going to give up somebody like Collins. But at the end of the day, I I just don't see it. I don't think they're they're going to just let him go. And the only thing I could think of is if he really caused problems, they you know just trade him. And if our you know, if I were somebody like Oklahoma City, I'd offer some of those draft picks they had for John Collins. You know, Oklahoma City's got a young team right now they're trying to build, and adding a guy like Collins would, I think, honestly, you know, make them better and still allow them to draft and through the build through the draft as well. You know, I, I just, I don't know, just spitballing. But uh, the Raptors are sitting at the eighth spot. Some people thought that Lowry would be available. To me, them sitting at the eighth spot right now, and they've you know they're five and five in their last ten as well. I think they've played better as of late. They are up. You know, I think at one point they were further down. You know, down in the twelve, thirteen. They've obviously worked their way up to eight. I don't think Toronto is looking to trade anybody out. I could then see them bringing someone in. I don't know who, but I, I think Toronto is a team that probably wants to get bigger, maybe. Um, bring in, I, I, don't, like I, said, I don't know who's available, but them losing Gasol and Ibaka, I think has hurt them more than they thought it would. I guess Boucher and Baines aren't doing it for them, so... I just don't think they'll sell anything. I think they're more buying or see what comes up in the buyout market. So, you know, I could see that with Toronto. Charlotte's not trading anyone. I could see Charlotte trading for someone. Uh, Charlotte's sitting at nine right now. Charlotte's a really good team, a really young team, and they have a really good set of players. I don't think they really need anything except experience, to be honest with you. I, I think they've got a lot of good players, and I, honestly, if I were them, I wouldn't mess with that team. I would just go with what you got. If you can bring in a buyout guy, so be it. But just stay in pat. Cleveland as well. The only thing I would recommend to Cleveland is if somebody really wants Kevin Love or even Andre Drummond, you know, uh, I, I read an article where GMs ex- expected Drummond to be traded for a second-round pick. I would take Drummond for a second-round pick, but that's all I would give up for him. Um, I, I, I wouldn't give up too much money or too many assets. Like I, I wouldn't want to give up a guy like Josh Green for Andre Drummond. I don't know. I, I guess when you bring in a guy like Drummond to our team, you've got... Porzingis obviously sitting there at the five, and I just don't think Porzingis plays the four well, and I think that's what you would have to do if you brought in Drummond. I don't think he makes you good enough to 
compete against the top four teams in the West. Obviously, he's a fantastic rebounder, and that's what they need. But I think they've got to – I think they need to address that in other ways. I, I think you can – I think there are other players that might be available. You know, I thought at some point somebody made a comment about Nance being moved. Now, he just got injured. I would I would take Larry Nance Jr. on our team as well and bring him off the bench. I, I would love to have a guy like him. I think he would fit this team well. I don't know what I would give up for him, but if he became available, he's a guy that I would take. Um, Chicago, I, I, you know, I again, I was watching TV and they made a comment about, I guess the wind horse guy. He made a comment about GMs or monitoring Zach Levine. I guess the Bulls would really have to kind of tank it. I, the, the only thing, I, I, I just don't understand why the Bulls would do it. You know, why would you get a player as talented as Levine and then trade him, you know, when he becomes better? You know, they've waited several years to become the player that he is right now. And to just give up on him now after he's performing to what you want him, to me, makes no sense. I think at some point you've got to improve your team, but you've got to do it in different ways. Uh, marketing, I've said in the past, I believe will be available. And if I were Chicago, I would actually move on marketing. He's a great, not a great, but he's a talented player. He misses a lot of games. And I think Chicago could get something decent in return for marketing, even draft picks and you might as well trade him because somebody in the offseason with the poor free agent market that's out there this offseason, somebody's going to offer him some money that's probably stupid money. And you're not going to match it. So you might as well try and move him now and see what you can get. Um, I just don't think Markin is a part of their future. Uh, if he could stay healthy, he probably would be. And Chicago would probably be a better team. But he just can't stay healthy. So... Obviously, I'd like to have Markin, and he would have to be a guy that come off the bench. Um, again, because of his health reasons, you don't want your starting front court to be Markin and, and Porzingis. If I could trade James Johnson for Lowry Markin, I would do it. Obviously, you know James Johnson's probably not a part of this future, our future here in Dallas. He will probably they'll probably let him walk. Somebody will sign him. If I could figure out a way to turn Johnson into marketing, and I would. And, heck, the Bulls could use a guy like James Johnson, a veteran presence. You know, sometimes you just need an adult in the room. And, you know, I like James Johnson. I'm not trying to get rid of him. I like him on this team. I wish he got more playing time. But if I had a chance to get marketing, I would do it. Um, Orlando, they're just free-falling right now. They're three and seven in their last ten. They're just not a good basketball team. I don't know what their plans are. Again, I've said in the past, Aaron Gordon is the guy that I think of all the players that may or may not be available. He's the one I would love to have. I think he fits this team the best. You know, he obviously probably isn't as good as Zach Levine, but I think Aaron Gordon fits this team more than Zach Levine does, and. Because obviously you want the ball in Luca's hands, 
and I think Levine takes the ball out of Luca's hands, and I think both players would prevent getting the maximum out of each other, but either Luca or Zach if they're on the same team. And so I, I, I would rather have Gordon based on how he fits. Gordon doesn't need the ball to be a good player, to be a contributor. You know, he's a talented guy who's been on an average team for a long time. And I just, I think he, he could be available. And if I were going to do I would figure out a way to, again, uh, if I could turn Johnson and Hardaway into Gordon and Fournier, and if it cost me Josh Green, I would do it. You know, because at the end of the day, you're just trading Josh Green for Aaron Gordon. Because, you know, Fournier, I think, is expiring, and Hardaway and Johnson are expiring. And if you had to give up your 2025 pick, so be it. But... I think that's a trade that could could happen, or not could happen, but I think that's a trade that they should look into that should happen. Um, I, I don't think, like I said, I don't think the Mavs will do anything. I think they're keeping their powder dry. That's just how they've been for the last 10 years. They haven't, the only major move they've really made was to get Porzingis, and that was kind of a luck of the draw type deal that happened. Um, had Porzingis not wanted out, Obviously, Dallas probably still has Dennis Smith Jr. and such. So, Miami is sitting at 13. Um, I've said in previous podcasts, I don't think it's a coincidence that Dallas and Miami were the two teams saving for Giannis. And now both teams are struggling and they're not doing anything because everybody else around them got better. Miami is digging themselves into a hole. Now, Cleveland's the 10 team with 14 losses, and Miami's sitting with 14 losses. They are right there for that 10th spot, and that 10th spot's important because that gives you a chance at the playoffs. So, you know, that's one thing you look at with Dallas. I don't think Miami's looking to sell anything, but you never know. Um, Maybe they're buyers at this point. Since they're not getting Giannis, maybe they're buyers. I don't know who they would get. I, I don't know what their predicament is. I, you know, I haven't looked too much into Miami. I haven't watched them much. But I do know they were the one team with Dallas who thought they could get Giannis. And they did nothing in the offseason, just like Dallas did. And the results are what they are. The Wizards, that's a different story. You know, I talked about in my last podcast, somebody wrote an article about Westbrook to the Mavs. I think that's awful just awful and makes them worse, especially giving up the, t- the players they would have to give up. That would just be an awful, awful trade. That would be worse than the Rondo trade, and I, there's no way you can get worse than the Rondo trade. So I just don't see it. Um, Washington will probably stand pat. You know, Bill's not leaving. They're, again, at 14 losses with Cleveland at that 10th spot. Um, they're two and a half games behind Cleveland because they haven't played as many. But, you know, Washington's sitting at five wins while Cleveland's sitting at ten. But the fact is, is they're two and a half games out of that tenth spot, which will give them a shot at the playoffs. So the Pistons, they've already traded Rose. Um, maybe they'll trade Blake Griffin. I don't know. I don't know what anybody would want to give up for him. 
I could see I could see them trading him if someone were willing to par with it. Like for Dallas, I, I don't know if it makes sense. Obviously, I think they would get worse because they would have to trade Johnson and Hardaway and bring and bring back Griffin, and I just think that makes them worse. Griffin is obviously a really good rebounder. He's really good in the low post. He's not as athletic as he used to be. He did bring a, get a three point shot. He is pretty good at shooting threes. I just don't know how much better it makes him. Ultimately, if you're not playing James Johnson, you're just making that trade for you know Tim Hardaway for Blake Griffin, and you'd have to somehow replace, you know Tim Hardaway's um, contribution. And with Tim Hardaway's kind of right now, he's basically, you know, whether or not the Dallas Mavericks win or not is how Tim Hardaway is shooting the ball. Because if he he can shoot you out of games, and it sounds you know dumb and it sounds like I'm knocking on him and I'm not but you know Tim Hardaway you know if he's going if he goes over 12 on threes you're not having a good game and you're giving up a lot of possessions empty possessions but at the same time if he's you know 11 for 18 on threes you're probably winning that basketball game and that's just how the Mavs are going right now you know he was so bad in the first half last night. You know, the second half he came in, and he only hit two threes, but they were two big threes, and you needed those shots. Um, I just, to me, the only reason why I put him in the Orlando deal that I made up is because you're getting Fournier in return. And Fournier is a good player. Fournier can score the basketball. So you're basically, you're virtually getting the same player back. He's very similar. The only difference is is you're getting Aaron Gordon instead of James Johnson, who is you know not really playing at the moment very many minutes. So in the West, teams like Utah, Lakers, Clippers, if anything, they're bringing guys in. I don't see them getting rid of anybody. Phoenix, the same. The Spurs are an interesting team sitting at the five spot at the moment. I, I just I feel like. I, I, I don't know. If if I were in charge of the Spurs front office, I would just I would trade DeRozan while his value is really high. I wanna say he's a free agent this offseason. I, I don't know for sure, but I don't think San Antonio retains him. And I just don't think you could lose a guy like DeRozan for nothing. I, I, I think there are players to be had. I I think you could call somebody like the Lakers. Now I know San Antonio doesn't like to do business with the Lakers, and that's in the that's in the past. That's been a a subject, but I I think you could call a team like the Lakers, and you know the Lakers have a couple of young players that that guy that I and I I don't know his name, but. Uh, is Talon Horton Tucker. You know, if, if you could turn DeMar DeRozan and Taylor Horton Tucker, I, I think you do it. You know, you're obviously putting the Lakers over the top with that because I, I think DeRozan, as the third best player on L.A., kind of, I mean, that just does it. They're going to the finals. So maybe San Antonio doesn't do that. But I think you can find a trade partner for DeRozan. Maybe it's Miami, you know. 
maybe Miami's looking to bolster their team for you know the playoffs. Maybe you find out if they've got something that you know you want in return. You know, I don't think Miami would ever let Precious go, but maybe offer him Demar for Precious, and you you know you go that in route. Same thing with Aldridge. I just think. I think San Antonio is riding that mediocrity chain, and I, I just don't think they're competing for anything except just a playoff spot. And then when the playoffs come around, they're just not going to win. I just don't think they have the talent. Patty Mills is another guy they could they could trade and get. He has value, you know. There's a team out there that could use a veteran point guard like Patty Mills that can shoot the basketball. You know, there was there the Clippers would probably take a guy like Mills. So. I just I, I think San Antonio should trade some guys away and start playing with the young players that they have. And I know they'd probably fall out of the playoff spot if they did, but I just don't think they're going anywhere. I just you know, they're just gonna continue to hover around five hundred and while you know, and DeMar DeMar could walk after this year and you know, you just you move on, I guess. I don't know. The Nuggets I think they stay, you know, if anything, they try and get somebody on the buyout. I don't, I, I could, I don't know what they do for a backup big. They do not have one. And I think size hurts them. I don't know what the Nuggets could get. I don't know who's, who's available, but I, I just, I don't, I think the Nuggets, are a worse team than they were last year. And, you know, I, I just don't see them going as far as they did in the playoffs. I think they need to bolster their team. Portland is probably better than last year, but they're still, you know, they're 12 and 10. They're having around 500. Portland, I don't think, is bringing in anyone. I think they're just looking to be a better team with what they got, improving with what they got. Um, Portland should trade for Aldridge. That was a rumor in the past. I would like to see that again. Um, Golden State, I don't think they can afford to trade for anyone. You know, some people I listen to, they want to trade Wiseman for Bradley Beal. Um, I think if you do that, you, you've got to move Oubre uh, or Wiggins because those that... Those contracts will just kill you. I wouldn't be surprised to see Ubre moved. Um, regardless, I think Ubre was brought in to try and replace Clay. They are hovering around five hundred right now. I think Ubre has value. I, I would even take Ubre on our team. I know he just destroyed us, but I think Ubre would be an upgrade for our team. But I, I don't know what Golden State's going to do. Houston, some people believe Oladipo's for sale. I don't know. I, I don't know if Oladipo fits our team. I don't, I, I don't want to start Oladipo over Richardson. And if Oladipo's not in the starting lineup, I don't think he's going to be interested in playing with for you. So I don't want to make our defense any worse than it is by bringing in Oladipo. And I would just stay away from that. 
Uh, I would rather have Richardson at this point. Obviously, Oladipo's a better scorer, but he's not going to give you the defense. Richardson will. Memphis, they're not doing anything. They're standing pat. They're going to get some of their guys back. Jaron Jackson hasn't played all year. He's, I think, coming back soon. Justice Winslow, I don't even know what to think about him. Supposedly, he's a talented guy. He hasn't played in so long. How can we even say that at this point? Sacramento, the rumor has it Bielitsa was on the trading block. I honestly, if I could turn James Johnson into Bielitsa, I would do it 10 times out of 10. Like I said, as much as I love James Johnson, I think Bielitsa offers you a guy who can, a big guy who can handle the ball in your second unit. I think you could play him at the four or five at any moment on any, with any time. I, as a matter of fact, I, that's one of the things I'm going to, I think if, if the Mavericks could bring in Bielitsa for James, I, I would, James Johnson, I, I would do it. I would, I, I think that would be a, I think that would be an available um, trade. Um, James Johnson has an expiring. I think Sacramento's looking to save some money. I don't think Bielitsa's in their future. Um, maybe we give them a second-round pick to go with it, but I would make that call if I were Donnie. New Orleans, trade rumors are Lonzo. I, I think there are other teams that might be more interested than the Mavs. Um not sure if I'm interested. He'd have to come off the bench. If I could have Lonzo instead of Burke, obviously I would do that, but I don't think that's what the move would be. So in saying that, I would just move on. Oklahoma City, they have a guy. If we could figure out how to turn Burke into George Hill, I you know, see, little moves like that. If you could figure out how to turn Burke into Hill and James Johnson into Bielitsa, I think you've improved your team. I know those are minimal moves that aren't exciting, but they're bringing in players who can do things that you are struggling with right now. George Hill can shoot, and they're really really struggling to shoot right now. He's a good defender. They're struggling to defend. He would be your perfect backup point guard to play with Brunson. Um, Bielitsa could be your backup power forward, backup center. Um, He could shoot. He's basically a better player than Powell. Um, he's not as good a defender as like Maxi. He probably isn't that great of a defender. But you know, right now you're playing Powell, and we all know Powell's not that great of a defender. So, if we could somehow get George Hill and Bealitz on this team, two two players who are probably available, who aren't going to cost you a lot who still probably leave you with some flexibility this offseason. I think that's a move the Mavs should make. I know they're not exciting. I know they're very under-the-radar type moves, but I just think that's what this team needs right now. I don't see a big trade coming for them. So little moves like that to help improve your roster I think would make a big difference. Dallas is sitting at the 14th spot, and at 15 is Minnesota. Minnesota, I, I don't know what they're doing. I Minnesota shouldn't be selling or buying. They just they need to fire their coach. I'm not a fan of them. I, I just don't think he's a good coach. I think they have too much talent to be as bad as they are. That's just my opinion. Um, obviously, when they had... Uh, 
Tom Thibodeau, they made the playoffs. All of a sudden, he's not there. And you're bottom, you know, the bottom of the West. I, I think there's something to be said for that. So I just don't think the Saunders is a good coach. I know he's there because of his dad, and I get it. But, I mean, they're, they've won six games. They've got 17 losses. This Their season's over with. They're just playing for Cade Cunningham at this point. So, you know, hopefully they don't get them because they'll just waste them. Not to be mean like that, but at least at least Detroit revamped the roster. And Detroit, while only have five wins, Detroit's not a bad team to watch. You can turn on Detroit and they're a fun team. You know, so they just, they're just, they've got this mixture of old players that really can't play anymore and young players who aren't good enough. So, at least they try. Um, anyhow, that's my around the league. Uh, I do that ever so often. I'll do it again later. Maybe um, in the next few weeks, some moves will be made. But uh, hopefully the Mavericks can improve. Um, you know, who knows? But uh, again, next game is Minnesota. So they, they should win that game if they lose that game. Obviously, different Twitter is going to go crazy obviously the, the you know Mavs Twitter is hilarious you know the it's Jekyll and Hyde so if you want to follow me on Twitter I'm actually at the Mavs Outsider um if you would like if you could uh rate and review this pod apparently that helps um get more listeners so if you could do that for me, I'd appreciate it. But uh, tomorrow is Minnesota, so probably Tuesday I'll put out another pod to uh, you know react to what is, I hope, a win, which better be a win. If it's not, um, I'm going to have a very dreary reaction. So until then, we will, uh, I guess, hope for that win. We'll see you next time. Later.